Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I am excited today to be with you, but I'm also very late today to be with you, and I want to apologize for that. Um, I happen to, you know, I've, I know that there are some people who open these things right as soon as they come out, and I, I know that you do it, and I love you for it. I mean, I really do love that. It gives me such a thrill to know, like, when I look at the, you know, I, I see analytic reports from the different, you know, podcasts and YouTube, um, and so, you know, when I look, like, an hour or two hours later, I see already, like, four or five people have, like, logged on and looked at the thing and listened to it. That just makes my heart dance, you know, <laughs> because I know that that means that you're all like waiting for it almost, you know, not that you're waiting for it, but, but you're looking at it as soon as it comes out. It's just so thrilling to me. And so I apologize that today it's already, it's after three o'clock in the afternoon here and I'm doing my video for the first time, uh, today, uh, because it's just, it's been that kind of day. Um, you know, today it felt as though every, it's almost like somebody took my schedule from today and picked it up by five o'clock and, and shook it so that all my appointments went to the very early part of the day. <laughs> so I'm pretty much done now, but it was just been packed from, from the time I got up until really just about an hour ago, I had to have something to eat. So I didn't pass out in the middle of a, <laughs> of doing this video. Um, but here we are. Thank you for your patience. I uh, I hope you can forgive me uh, for being so tardy today. Um, but here we are, and so I hope you all are having a great time today. I hope that you're you're meeting the day with presence, with acceptance of what is arising in the present moment, with with a, a curiosity about the emerging quality of of our lives, and most of all, or at least as much. I hope that you're meeting it with compassion, that you're allowing compassion to lead you throughout your day, whatever it is you're doing. So thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. And so so today I wanted to talk about something called the window of tolerance. Now, you all hear me talk a lot about Dr. Dan Siegel on this podcast, and pardon me if I've complete allergies today. Um, uh, you've all heard me reference Dr. Dan Siegel several times in this podcast, right, and, and YouTube channel. Uh, Dr. Siegel is, I mean, he's just an amazing person, first of all. He's, uh, he's written just, I don't even know how many books. I want to say it's got to be dozens or at least more than 10 uh, books. Um, amazing books. And one of the books is called The Whole Brain Child, which I believe that every parent in the world should read this book, just, just so that you understand what's going on in your child's brain as he or she is growing, because how your child's brain is constructed is how you can, you know, how they're going to receive your messages, right? It's very important, right? So for instance, one of the, like I first learned for the first time when reading this book that, that children who are, you know, say up until about four or five years old, you know, they were maybe a little earlier than maybe three or four years old, but, and it tells you in this book, it gives you a great chart and everything else. But, um, but there's a certain point at which, you know, your, your child doesn't have the logical part of their brain isn't even developed. And so, so when we're sitting here with a two-year-old and the two-year-old's crying and we're trying to reason with the two-year-old and, and get the two-year-old to stop crying, it's like, you know, it's like shouting into the wind. I mean, you're really just not going to get anywhere with that. You know, it's actually literally the opposite thing of what you want to do, you know. And so, so understanding the way that the brain works, whether it's as a parent, as, you know, with our children, or even as adults, right, and, and even adolescents and whatever, everything in between, right, 
it's very, very helpful to have a basic understanding for how your brain works, okay? No, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to really change anything significantly. I mean, you're still going to feel all the things you feel. You're still going to have the same sort of, uh, you know, automatic reactions and all that kind of stuff. Understanding what's happening in your brain is not going to necessarily alleviate any of that stuff. But it, what it will do is it will help you to understand some of your, you know, again, automatic reactive behaviors, understand why those automatic behaviors happen, and then know what we need to do to to help ourselves, right? Just understanding it's not, again, it's not the end all, right? Because we're not talking about a degree in psychology here, right? But but just to have the very basic understanding certainly does help. So today, I want to go over some of that stuff with you, okay? So so in, in Dr. Siegel's uh, book, The Whole Brainchild, he actually simplifies the idea of the window of tolerance, and, and he... And he paints a, a metaphoric picture with it that really helps to, to, you know, kind of relate to it. And so what he calls it is the river of well-being. Okay. So, uh, so picture, and I'm not sure if Dan wrote this or, or his co-author Tina Payne Bryson wrote this part, but pardon me again, my throat is so scratchy. <clears throat> I don't have any uh, suckers down here, so I'm going to have to tough it out here. Um, but uh, so so the way they, they describe this, this window of tolerance, this river of well-being, right? Picture yourself just gently drifting down a river, right? And you're, you're just like in the middle of the river. Everything's feeling good. You're, you're just drifting along in your little rowboat or canoe or something, right? And it's, and it's gentle. You're feeling, you're feeling a sense of groundedness. You're feeling a sense of stability. You're, you're feeling a sense of like everything's in good shape, but you're also feeling an adaptability. You're feeling a flexibility that, that if, if something should happen, you can handle it, right? So this is, of course, a metaphor, right? This is when we're in our lives, when we're feeling this sense of, of being okay, right? When, when things are kind of flowing, things are feeling like they're under control, right? We're, we're in a place where we feel grounded in our circumstances, in our environment. We feel, we feel connected into our person, you know, into personally into our body we feel connected but we also feel connected to whatever it is that's going on around us but again we also have this sense of adaptability right we also have this sense of of flexibility that should something come up we feel like we can handle it right so that is what's called again whether you want to call it the river of well-being or the window of tolerance okay so now here's where the river metaphor really helps okay so now as a rule, as a psychological rule, right, outside of our window of tolerance or our, you could even call it the window of well-being, the, the, the parameters of well-being, right, the river of well-being, whatever you want to call that thing, right, there is a, a space there in terms, I'm trying to line my hands up, in terms of, of, of where, you know, when we're in a good place, right, there's a range, Okay, now outside of that range, and again, going back to the river of well-being uh, metaphor, as you're drifting down this, this lovely, you know, yawning river, just real mellow, just drifting down, and, and, you know, if you go too close to the bank on the right side of the river, that's where chaos is. Okay, and if you go too close to the, rib, the the bank on the left side, that's where rigidity is. Now, again, 
sorry, I got digressed a little bit with my metaphors here, but but the the idea is that that outside of this window of tolerance or this window of well-being, river of well-being. Now, this isn't a psychological you know, like this is very well studied, right? This is not just a a sort of woo-woo concept or something, right? This is very well studied in psychology, right? And Dan Siegel is one of the pioneers of this this theory, right? And he actually, he came up with this, and something I've learned in this course that I'm taking with him, um, that that he... uh, you know, it was one night in the middle of the night or something where he, he like screamed so loud he woke everybody in the house up, right? Because he, he was he was trying to 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 legitimize his own belief that of of chaos and rigidity, right? Being the thing that 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 is the signs of unwellness psychologically, right? And he came across a mathematic article or an article about mathematics, right? And in the mathematics, they talked about, you know, when when mathematical equations go wrong, they always descend either into chaos or rigidity. And he just got so excited about this. I love it to hear that story. But anyway, um, the idea and then and then what Dan Siegel did after that was he went to the uh, DSM, which is the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual. Right, which which psychologists use or psychiatrists and, and therapists, they use this manual to diagnose people, right? And so he went through each one of the diagnosis the diagnoses in in this book, big fat book this thing is, and every single one of them, every single one of the of the psychological maladies, the the diagnoses that were listed in this book. Every single one of them was either describing chaos or describing rigidity or describing a combination of both. Okay, so this is very, very well studied. I want you to know that, okay? Now, when Dan uses the the metaphor of the right bank of the river and the left bank of the river, what he's doing is really kind of... He, he's, he's mapping it out to the brain in a, in a very real way, okay? And let me get to that in a second, okay? But 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 the the important thing to understand, right? I mean, it's it is important to understand, and I could get to this now or later. But I'm going to throw it in here right now so we don't forget, right? But but the the idea is that when we find ourselves in chaos, or we find ourselves in rigidity, or we find ourselves experiencing both together, which we can do. What it signifies it is a disintegration of our brains. Okay, now I know that sounds really bad. It's not that bad, but but it certainly is the road to well unwellness, right? The idea is that you know, as I've explained here many times, and as Dr. Siegel in all of his books, he gets into this at some point or other. You know, your brain is made up of several different regions, right? And they are actually separate, like anatomically separate, right? You're, you have a, a right brain and you have a left brain. So that's when they say that your brains, it's actually pretty accurate to call it a plural because these two operate completely separate from one another, right? But what they do is they communicate with one another, right? They pass information and energy back and forth between the two via this, this, the, in, in the split between the hemispheres of your brain, sorry, I think I was blocking the mic there, in the split between the hemispheres of your brain, right? They are connected by a series of, I think, billions of tiny little fibers, right? Microscopic fibers 
that are called the corpus callosum. Okay, it's just this collection, picture like a fiber optic cable, right? That, that's what it is, right? And so that's how your two brains communicate to one another. That's how they integrate with one another. But here's the thing. The right brain always does what the right brain does, and the left brain always does what the left brain does. I'm going to get into what those are in just a second. And so they integrate by, by remaining differentiated and linking with one another, okay? That's going to be important in a few minutes, okay? So the idea then, right, is that when we're the right side, not when we're, but the idea is that the right side of your brain, okay, is the part of your brain that's really responsible for, you know, feeling and understanding your emotions. Now, it's not the emotional part of your brain. That's the limbic area, which is beneath the, the neocortex, right? I'm not getting very complicated here, right? But, but that right part of your brain, what it does is it connects into your body, right? Any feeling that you have that, that, that you're sensing from your body is coming up into the right part of your brain and then gets understood by the left part of your brain, okay? With me so far? <laughs> All right, so again, I'm trying to keep this very, very simple. The right part of your brain is, you know, because it's connected with your your body, right? It's that sort of, you know, what you might call your inner hippie, right? It's the, it's the hippie of your brain, right? It's the artist. It's the the free spirit. It's the flighty, you know, just unreliable, you know. At any given moment, might in the middle of a sentence, just walk away and just start looking at some clouds over there or something like that, right? That's your right brain, right? And when, when your right brain absorbs too much of your brain's energy, when it's too overly active and not integrated with its left counterpart, you're going to get a sense of chaos, right? You're going to get a sense of like, oh, I can't keep my mind on anything. I just want to go wander around looking at clouds. I don't know what's going on here. Like, right, that's, that's what happens with the right part of your brain right? Now the left part of your brain, if the right part of your brain, the right hemisphere of your brain is the inner hippie of your brain, then the left side of your brain is the scientist or the mathematician, right? Or the stodgy old English teacher, right? <laughs> Who wants everything just so, right? Everything's got to be logical. Everything's got to be linear. Everything's got to be listed with an L. Everything's got to be, um, uh, you know, very in its place, very rigid, in its ultimate expression, okay? Now, again, right, this is where we have to go back to the idea of differentiation plus linkage is what we're talking about with, uh, with integration, right? At no point does your, your right brain become more linear, become more uh, logical, become more, you know, linguistic, which is also that's where you're processing your language is on your left side, Right. So the right brain never takes on those duties and the left brain never becomes the hippie, right? The left brain is always going to be that, that rigid, you know, stuffy, you know, very particular thing, right? The idea is that the left brain kind of anchors the right brain, right? And the right brain kind of lifts up the left brain, allows it to lighten up a little bit, dude, come on. It, they balance one another out. 
And that's the really magical thing about the way it works. I mean, it's really amazing. Like if you had Jill Bolte-Taylor, who I talk about here a lot too, right? She's an amazing, amazing person. You got to look up her TED Talk on YouTube, right? It's just, it's it, the best 18 minutes you're going to spend. I promise you. It's just amazing. She's a, a neuroanatomist, which means that she studies the anatomy of the brain and the nervous system, right? And so in her TED Talk, she actually had a human brain in her hands, right? Connected to the, the, uh, the brain stem and the spinal column, the whole thing. It was crazy. <laughs> At least not the spine, but the, the nerve, the, the, the central nerve that goes through your spinal. It was still attached to the brain. Anyway, um, the two brains, because they're two pieces, right? But anyway, um, Jill Bolte-Taylor is a, a neuroanatomist, right? That's what she does. She studies the anatomy of the brain and the nervous system. So one morning when uh, Jill Bolte-Taylor worked at, I believe it was Harvard, she was working in some I mean, world-renowned, elite, you know, uh, uh, laboratory, right, where she was studying the anatomy of the brain and the nervous system, right? And so one morning, she's getting ready to go to work, and she's in the shower. And while she's in the shower, she had a stroke, right? Now, here's somebody who knows exactly what's happening in her brain at all times, and she's having a stroke. So in real time, she was like play by play watching what was going on in her, in her, uh, you know, with her, you know, in her brain as she was having this stroke. Right. And one thing that she, and I, I tell you, you got to go watch this video. It's really amazing to hear her describe this. One of the things that, that's always stood out to me, right, and one of the, the th and, and what really speaks to what we're talking about right here with the right brain versus the left brain, where, G where Dr. Bolte-Taylor had her, her um, uh, stroke, right, the blood clot in her brain happened in the left side of her brain. Okay, now she gets into the specifics, and she also wrote a great book about it. My Stroke of Insight is the name of the book, also the name of the TED Talk. So if you search up Jill Bolte Taylor, B-O-L-T-E uh, Taylor, or, uh, or My Stroke of Insight, you'll find it. It's worth it. And the book is really great too, right? And she also gives a lot of advice about how to recognize strokes and how to, how to treat strokes and all that kind of stuff. So very, very important work that she's done, right? Now she's back to doing her neuroanatomy things. It's really amazing. But anyway, during the, um, during the shower, you know, what was happening was her left brain was just going offline for periods. Like it would go off and then a few minutes later or whatever, it comes back on and then it would go off again. And what she describes is, I, I don't remember exactly. She said something about like, a whale floating through the sky of the universe or something like that. Like, like she describes, like when the left brain turned off, she was like, whoa, she could feel her connection to everything in the universe. She felt at one with it. Now, this is a scientist, not a, a hippie who's done, you know, LSD for 20 years, right? This is a, a scientist. And she, she described something that you might hear somebody who's on acid, right, or mushrooms talk about, right? And that's what happens, right? So, so if we didn't have that left part of our brain, we literally wouldn't be able to function in society. We would literally be all like, whoa, man, this is so cool. We would literally be like Cheech and Chong walking around in the, in the world, right? Like literally we would not be able to function. Likewise, if that part of our brain was turned off, we would not feel any connection. We'd just sit here just thinking, 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 you know? So that's the idea. Now, now your window of tolerance, 
this this river of well-being is the 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 area the, or the the state of both sides of your brain working in conjunction working in integration with one another okay now there are many ways that you can practice integration one really effective way is journaling okay because when you're journaling one of the functions of your right brain is your autobiography. Anytime that you think about what has happened to you in your life, you're using your right part of your brain mostly. But when you put it into words and you organize it as a linear process, because that's not the way your brain sees it. Your brain, your, your right brain just sees like all this stuff that's happened, man. You know, but you with your left brain, you're putting it into sequential order. And you're, you're making sense of the whole thing, right? So that's why journaling is a great practice, right? Because what you're doing is you're using your right brain to remember to talk about what it is that you're journaling. And then your left brain is helping you to put linguistics to it and to organize it, to make it linear. And so you're, you're sending that information back and forth to your brain, right? Or to each side of your brain. Now, meditation and compassion practices also help to do this, okay? So just... Practice what I tell you here, right? Um, now, in times where you feel that you're overly chaotic or, or you're overly rigid, okay, there are ways that you can kickstart that other part of your brain. And this is good news, let me tell you. So let's say we'll start with chaos, right? So let's say you're just, you're having a hard time. You just can't, oh my gosh, I just can't seem to focus. And my whole life, it feels like I'm like walking on, on water here. Like I just can't get my grounding. I'm just like, oh, everything seems so wishy-washy today. It's a chaotic, right? That's, that's the sign that you're in chaos. So now what you want to do is you want to start using your left brain. So remember what your left brain does is really good at labeling things. It's really good at linguistics. It's really good at logic, linearization, um, labeling. I think I said that already, but do it twice because your, your left brain loves it, right? Um, so, so what you can do then is as you start to name the emotions that you're feeling, because remember that right part of your brain is all about the emotional experience between your body and your brain that's going on, right? So by just really, and if you can say it out loud, right? Like if you're alone, go ahead and say it out loud, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling, or I'm feeling, you know, afraid or angry or jealous or whatever it is. The more you start naming what you're feeling as uh, there's, there's several people who call this practice, name it to tame it. Okay. So that's what you're doing, right? You're just naming it all. And as you do that, you're starting to balance out, right? You're sending information from the right side where all your emotions are into the left side of your brain through that corpus callosum, right? Now let's say the other thing is happening. You're feeling too rigid, right? You just can't get out of your own way today. You're just, you're just so locked in in this way of thinking. You just can't seem to, to get out of this rut, that you're feeling. Okay. Now that's, you're rigid, right? So now what you want to do is you want to feel into your body. Remember that right part of your brain is the part that's connected directly into your body. So not, not naming the feelings that you're feeling. You don't want to exercise that left part. You just want to feel it. Okay, so what you can do is a very simple body scan. Okay, start with 
one point in your body and go to another point in your body. And I say one point to another because you can do anything, right? You can do from your knees to your hips. You can do from your knees to your shoulders. You can do from your toes to the top of your head. It's up to you, right? But literally, even if you just check in with your chest or check in with the feelings of your face muscles, right? Any part of your body, just check in and just notice what it feels like. Again, don't describe it with language. Just feel it. And as you do this, again, you're going to send the energy from your left brain through the corpus callosum into your right brain. You're going to bring things into balance. So that way your right brain and your left brain will be uh, differentiated because they're both doing their thing, but they'll also be linked. And that is how we enter back into our window of tolerance and get out of chaos or out of rigidity. All right, everybody. I wish you well. And I hope you get to practice some of this stuff. If you want to, if you have any questions about any of these practices, you know, we can jump on a call. I can email them to you, whatever. Just get in touch with me, okay? And in the description, as usual, there is a link that you can use to get in touch with me. All right, everybody. Have a great day. I wish you well. Be back again tomorrow, hopefully a little earlier. <laughs> Talk to you later, everybody. Bye-bye.